Here we go. Another day, another day, another dollar, right? Here we are in the end of the week. We made it to the end of the week, guys. We made it to Friday. And Friday, I want to spend some time talking just, to, just about the industry as a whole or just what's what's going on what are we doing to ourselves what are we doing to ourselves on a friday um this has really spawned i was, I was checking checking the emails checking what was in the news last night let's see what's going on in the trend the, the field and sander Vin, vinberg he summed this up and we've been talking about this for a while um you know, his article in Dark Reading is the cybersecurity skills gap. It doesn't have to be this way. And he makes some great points. And he makes points that we've talked about in this very show over the last year. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, as a career field, we are our own worst enemies, Right. We are. We really are our own worst enemy. Eric, sir, good morning, Eric. It's nice to see you. Morning, folks. So the, the thing, the thing we've done is we tout this this field, security, cybersecurity, info security, whatever buzzword you want to attach to it today, but we tout it as this. Um, this, this this just gold mine, right? This is this gold mine where you're gonna you're gonna get hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're gonna go to work tomorrow because every forecast, even for next year, twenty twenty one, the forecast says we're gonna be about four million four million cybersecurity people short next year. So people rush in because they they hear that and then some recruiter calls them or someone calls them from a college program or a training program and tells them you know this career field you you make a hundred thousand dollars your first year and <laughs> that's not a lie it really isn't richard good morning good seeing you it's not a lie you can come into this field and you can make hundred thousand dollars that first year it is totally 100 percent possible it's it's that's not a story the story is what we've done the folks that are in the field have done to the field and this this is this is a bit based in fact right and it's a bit based on my own experience in this field for about 30 years i was here you know many of you know i've, I've been here since before it was cyber Back when it was InfoSec. Um, and again, me, my training path to get here, my path to where I'm at today is just based on pure luck and being at the right place at the right time. I'm going to tell you that right now. You got to take the opportunities when they come up. When you get the opportunity, and if it looks like it's going to be terrible, it might be better for you in the long run. It really might. Those terrible jobs teach you so much. So I want to talk this morning about what we have done to this field and how 
we as the people that have been around that are in the positions that are hiring now that are in the positions that are building the job descriptions the people that are building the teams out and then those people that are in charge of security programs those chief information security officers those chief security officers what you need to do if you want a successful team um, there's there's two ways you can go one is a st just a huge stack of money and that's what we're doing now um, and that's probably not going to change because that's the nature of this field we'll talk about some of that so i got i got my coffee i got my coffee and you know it's friday so you'll know i'll be wearing red on friday um, unless something crazy happens you're going to see me in red on friday because we have still have people deployed we're always going to have people deployed good morning alice good to see you so what have we done to the field and how can we fix it? It's a paradigm shift and we've got to do it if we want to fix the problem that generally we have created over time. We've created it, the people before us have created it, we've propagated it forward. It, it, it's, it, we've got to do something about it. So I'm gonna throw your, cyber, your cup of cyber intro up. I'm gonna move some things around and we'll be back. We'll jump on to talking about this and I'm going to get on my soapbox, and I'm going to rant for the next 15 minutes or so. All right? So hang out. Be ready for the rant. We'll be right back. Do-do-do. Got a comment the other day. I used to have that intro music that would get me going. I still play the intro music, the, the popped-up kind of rock and rollish type music. At the beginning, I do that before you guys come on, because some people are like, man, that music is too dang loud. And, and maybe it is too loud. You say it's, it's either too loud or maybe you're too old. I don't know. But you got your headphones on. If you're getting ready, you're listening to the YouTubes and you're watching from stream to stream and you jump on that and that music's there, it may be a wee bit loud. So I'm going to jump over to my friend, PowerPoint. I don't know. Am I going to stay there? I'll stay there for now. Maybe I'll I'll disappear myself later. I don't know if I should stay there or go. Should I stay or should I go is the question. Um, I'll put, yeah, I'll just leave my, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll stay there for now. I'm going to take this off the screen. So here's what I want to talk to you guys about. And I want your feedback. I want you to tell me what you think about this, what you think about these points I'm going to bring up in the next 15, 20 minutes or so. I think there is a myth around entry-level cybersecurity jobs. We post them, we talk about them, we get people in this field, we drag them in, we promise jobs, we promise money. It's there, but we, we kind of put it just a little bit out of reach. Just a little bit out of reach. And then we ask people, well, why aren't you, why aren't you, why, why don't you fill those jobs? Why do you have a job gap still? Why, you know, why aren't you bringing people in, right? And again, I think it's something we've done to ourselves. First of all, there is no ground floor. If you go look at entry-level jobs today, they're going to say, I want you to have college. Um, I want you to have certifications. I want you to have experience. Um, and I want you to have knowledge on specific and often expensive enterprise tools. So you're coming in. You went out, you joined, you, you you checked out some college's cybersecurity program, and you went through it, and you 
came out the other side and you're like, now I'm going to get a job. Okay, so I've got college checked off. Uh, I need to get this thing called a CISSP. That's what they want. So it's entry-level job. This must, must be my entry-level certification, this thing called the CISSP. Let me go look it up. And the CISSP is going to say, you need five years experience to get this thing. Well, how can that be an entry-level job, right? Certifications. I'm saying, you know, if you're going to have certifications, they got to be something like Security Plus, A Plus, you know, ground level, entry level certifications. Experience should be zero to three years on an entry level job, not three to five years or more. And knowledge of specific tools, an entry level person is not generally going to have those. Maybe they have some some background in some of this some of the stuff, but not enterprise level tools. Um, so yeah. Uh, you need, I need telling me I got experience before I get experience. That's that old, that same old 20 catch 22. We really, you know, what do we want? If we say we want entry level, we should define the entry level job, right? And I know Eric, I know you're going through some of this people and transitioning people are in the same, same position. So let's look at this. Let's look at what we define entry level as and I'm saying we, because we are the people building this out. Um, a lot of the people that watch the show have been around a while and are in positions where maybe they're hiring people or helping to get people hired. Let's think about, if we're saying it's entry level, let's make it entry level. If you want a college degree for a job, which, you know, I, I, I've been through the formal education process. I was went through it because I had to go through it and I wanted to go through it. Um, I thought it was needed, but I don't think it's needed for 80 to 90% of the jobs in security. I don't think any college degree at all is required for most of the jobs in cybersecurity. If you're going to be a manager, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be, go on to the, the management role, I think you have to have college because you're going to be competing with people with college. You're going to be dealing, interacting with people from the organization that have that level of formal education. And we'll talk about that a little more. But if you're a Splunk operator, if you're working in the SOC, if you're if you're an ISO, if you're you're doing technical jobs, I don't believe you need a college education. Again, most of this is my personal uh, view of things. Right? I've been doing this for thirty years. I have never went into an operation center, security operation center. Never went to somebody that's managing Splunk or never went to anyone that's going to run the, the Qualys scanner and wondered what they thought about 17th century European history. I, I don't care. I really don't. I don't care that, you know, you know, that, that canon of, of stuff that a formal education is going to require you to have. I don't care. I want to. I want to make sure you know how to run Splunk. I want to make sure you can do the query that gives me the information I need to see what's going on. I want to make sure you can run the Qualys scan that's going to give us information that the systems are patched or they're man, they're managing their baseline, they're in, in configuration. That's what I want to know, and that's what most people want to know. So why do we require people to have a college degree when over half of that degree is going to be in stuff that's not even related to security or computers at all? So there are definitely jobs that need college. And if you can get college, that's great. 
Uh, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about college a little more on its own slide. We need a ground floor. So don't college, no, no. College doesn't necessarily need to be on the ground floor. These entry-level jobs don't need to have college. Um, certification, sure. If you want to prove somebody knows something, if they're going in to work RMF, maybe have the cap. Align the certification with the job. <clears throat> and I'll talk about this in another slide later. Hiring managers are lazy. Just lazy. You, and we'll get we'll get to it. No, I don't even want to talk about it right now. Um, so there is no training path, right? We don't we don't tell people if you want to be a SOC analyst. Here's what you need to do. Here's the tools you need to know. Here's the skills you need to get. Here's the the I don't know books you need to read to get there. If you want to be um, a penetration tester, right? If you want to be a penetration tester, you don't walk in. And I've heard so many people, you guys know that I work with people all the time that are coming into the field. And I love the fact that people are coming into the field, but we are, we're doing bad things to them, right? So some people come in this field and, and they've been told by someone, and normally it's going to be a recruiter or somebody selling them something that, hey, I took this course, I took CEH, and they told me I could be a penetration tester. No, you, you can't. You're not going to be able to. What you need to do is you need to go in ISO for a while. And you need to get beat up as an ISO for a while. And then you know, need to go from being an ISO to being a security controls assessor. And you need to get beat up there for a while. And then maybe you can work into a, a job where you're a junior level penetration tester. But you're not going to get CEH and go show up at a job and get that pen test job. It's not going to happen. And if it does, tell me that company or that organization because I want to stay away from them because that's not what you need to do, right? So how, how do we build a path for people to get to that job of penetration tester? How do we set people up on a, a road to success? Um, and I remember when I got out of the Army and I went to work for a company called AG Edwards and they split the technology folks off into their own company and we got our CEO and he came in and he said keep yourself employable and then he followed I left a pause and he said maybe not here but somewhere so we get we have to give these people a path right we give them a path and it doesn't take that much right so you get a new hire that comes in you get somebody that comes in they're they're new and they say you I want to be a pen tester you know, we can build these paths. We can give them to them. Hey, if you want to be a pen tester, here's the things you need to do. Here's the seminars you need to take. Here's the people you need to follow. Here's the training you need to take. You know, if they leave your organization, if they leave your team, you're out 15 minutes of talking to them about being a penetration tester. But someone down the road, maybe even you, when they finish that path, they may come back and you're going to be like, dang, you did everything you're supposed to do. You did everything on this path. And now you're a qualified pen tester and I can put you to work. But we're so worried about people leaving our organization. We're so worried about training people up and then they leave. That we're terrified of that because we're terrified of losing the money. And part of it is places like SANS. And SANS is exceptional. They provide some of the best training in security, but they charge $8,000 a course. So if you're a hiring manager and you got 10 people on your team and they all want to go to SANS, $80,000? And if they're if it's non-pandemic and they're traveling there, 
you're talking over $100,000 in training for a year. It's going to be a hard sell. Some people are doing it still, but it's a hard sell. But we need to set these paths up. And when you set the path up, that doesn't mean you have to drag the person along the path. You give them the path. If they follow it, they follow it. If they don't, that's on them, right? We get people coming into security, and they've got their security plus, and they've got maybe their college degree, and they know this wide range of stuff. But we don't need generalists at the first level. Entry level, we don't really need entry level generalists other than, some, I guess, the ISO role. That kind of need to be generalist ISO. Nobody needs a generalist in the SOC. Nobody needs a generalist on the vulnerability management team. They need a specialist, right? The operational level generally needs specialists, right? We don't need we don't need generalists at that level. We need somebody trained in this. And I'm going to talk about it in a minute too. It's it's the model that the military uses. It's the model that unions use. If you are at that 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 tactical level, I'm going to say in the army because I know the army. That's that's where I was beat up at. If you're at the tactical level and you're on a tank, you're going to be given a training plan that teaches you to be the best gunner on that tank, right? If that's your job, you know, you're a tanker, right? But you're the gunner, right? You run the gun, right? You don't worry about driving it, right? You might know how to drive it in case something happens. You don't worry about being the, the tank commander. You worry about the gun. That's all you focus on, the gun. Do I know the gun? Am I the best at the gun, right? The driver does the same thing. Can I drive this dang thing? Am I the best driver there is? And then the tank commander, obviously, that's a more elevated position. They probably know how to do everything on the tank. We have to have the same thing, right? If you're going to be a, the, the sock analyst, right? If you're going to be running Splunk, you should be the best at Splunk. That should, be, that should be your focus. No Splunk and then start picking up other stuff because you want to move up. Give them that training path to move up, but have them specialize on the task they're doing, right? We don't need generalists at the tactical level. We need generalist levels up. As you get to be the tank commander, as you get to be the I mean, squad leader, I'm not sure what how tanks work, but as you start moving up, you need to be more generalized. You need to understand movement of many tanks. You need to understand the tactics and, and those things. As you move up, that's fine. But maybe, maybe, and it's not a bad thing, maybe I just want to operate Splunk. I just want to be the best Splunk I got to be. And I want to do this for 30 years. I want to do it for 20 years. I want to be, that's all I want to do is Splunk. So why have a college degree? Why have a generalist in all this stuff? Just be the best Splunk person you can, right? But we need a training path from here to there. We need to be able to say, here are, if there's 4 million jobs that are going to be short next year, what are those 4 million jobs in, right? And how do we get people on a path to get to fill that position? Not just saying, Man, there's 4 million jobs short. Woe is me. Let me wring my hands and say this is terrible because I don't know how we're going to fill these jobs. When we've got people, I talk I talk to people. Eric, you know I talk to people. I talk to people all the time. They're saying, hey, I'm trying to get a job in cybersecurity, but I can't. And then I go look at the jobs in this area where these people are, and there's a 1,000 jobs listed. Where is the disconnect? Right? Formal education is slow. If... If you take a degree program, right, 
and you spend four or five years getting your bachelor's degree. And then you come out, you're going to know Western history. You're going to go, you're going to know your math. You're going to have a couple English classes. You can have your electives. You can do all that stuff. And then maybe you're going to take, if you're lucky, 30 credits in specific computer security stuff, right? And that stuff is going to be something that some professor or some group built 10 years ago, and it never got updated. And the tools you were trained are going to be lagging behind industry. Some of them might not even be used anymore. But you're going to know theory, but you're going to know it with outdated tools. And the only one that I've seen that really would be a degree that if I saw it on someone's resume, it would really make me look twice. And that's SANS. SANS has a degree. I think it's a master's degree, though, so it's not even a, maybe I'd have to look. I know they've got a master's program, but it's so dang expensive. Hey, it's so expensive. Um, and SANS training is so expensive, but SANS is one of those things. But most college degrees are not going to, they're not going to get you that, that laser focus you need to make a hiring manager go, whoa, I need to stop, and this is the guy I need. When they're looking to hire that SOC analyst, if you have experience in SOC, you know, in all the tools they need, in the technologies, the, the way they run it, the reporting, and maybe you don't have a degree, that's going to make them stop and look at it. And a lot of this is on us as, as the people that manage and run security programs around the, at least around the country. A lot of it's on us do lay some of the blame on the student. The student has to, they have to take it upon themselves to learn this stuff on their own. You know, a lot of the tools are big, heavy, enterprise level tools, right? But you can go get Splunk. You can go get Splunk. You can download it for free. You can install it in your home network and you can run Splunk at home. You can learn how to do the reports. You can learn how to configure Splunk. So some of this belongs on the feet of the, of the person trying to get in the field. But they need to know what they need to know. When they run up against this wall of, I want to go into cybersecurity, nobody tells them, here's the things we need. We need people in the SOC. We need people that can run the Quala scanner. We need ISOs. Okay, well, what does that mean? What are the 10 skills I need to get that job? What are the five tools I need to know how to learn to get that job, right? Formal education is going to give you this generalist view of things. It's going to teach you a, a, a wide range of things, um, and it's going to give you theory, a lot of times outdated tools, and it's going to be expensive. You're going to get that college, you're going to have student loan you're going to carry with you, whether you get a job right away or not, right? It's difficult to transition, right? If, if you do get that job and you work in the SOC, and you've been there for three or four years, and you say, now I want to go be a pen tester, you, you can't just go from one to the other. You can't say, okay, I'm done being a SOC analyst. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be a security assessor. Well, you can't just go from one day to the other. You can't, you can't move from one to the other that easily. Why is that? This is just the nature of the field. So we talk about career paths. If those paths are available, if we know, here's the 10 skills I need to know to be a security, assessor, a security assessor. While I'm working as a SOC analyst, I can get those skills. I know what to do, right? Back in the Army, we had these things called job books. 
Um, you know, I, I look back, you know, in the, when I was in the army, I thought this, this stuff is ridiculous. This is crazy. Some of the ridiculous stuff that we do. I don't need a driver's license on a generator. Um, but that that's because some private got burnt up running a generator and the army said, we're not going to do that. We're going to make sure everyone's trained. And the only way we can make sure everyone's trained is they have to get licensed on a generator. And you can't operate a generator without having a generator license in the army. Um, they did that for a reason, right? And the job book is the same thing. I used to look at the job books and be like, this is ridiculous. It's, it's a little book and it's got every skill you need to know at your level for your job. If you're an infantryman, do you know how to do a range card, right? A range card just is what you're looking at and where you're going to fire, how far certain things are away, things like that. Do you know how to do that? If you know how to do that, good to go. And you're going to get tested on it. So do we do the same thing? Do we say, if you're going to be somebody that's working as a vulnerability analyst, right? Do we have the same things? You need to be able to do this. I've never seen it. Um, I know probably in the army, they've got something like that for their, their folks, but it's going to be a little bit off. You're probably not going to be able to get access to it. I don't know. So we need this career path. We need something that's going to get us from here to there. Requirements differ for the same role. If we have company A and we look at a SOC analyst, then we look at company B, we have a SOC analyst. The job requirements, the job recs could be totally different. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, job requirements are dependent on the hiring manager. HR doesn't build them generally. The hiring manager does. And the hiring manager is already overworked because they don't have enough people. That's why they're hiring people. So they're often overworked. And what they're going to do is they're going to take an old job rec and they're going to modify it a little bit, co copy and paste and modify it, and then put it, give it to the HR guy and say, just go find me a person. And HR is going to go find people based on that job rec that doesn't really define what the hiring manager wants. It's just because the hiring manager doesn't have time to deal with that because we don't have defined requirements for every role. Uh, and I'm saying that these roles should be specific to the industry, not just necessarily specific to that company. It, it wouldn't be crazy to say if you're a vulnerability analyst in a financial management organization and you're a vulnerability analyst in a automotive industry, a lot of your skills are going to be exactly the same. Why not define those at the industry level? Why not say if you're going to be a vulnerability analyst, this is the job you have. Here's the top 10 skills you need to go. No. Um, you have different tools, of course, and different companies are going to use different tools. One company will be using Qualys. The other company will be using Nessus. And some other people might still be using iRetina. I don't know. The processes will be different. And then there's going to be personal preferences of that team. And the way they implement technology will be different. But why not have standard roles? Right? Why not have standard roles in the industry? That way, when we look at this 4 million people were short, we can say, of the 4 million people short, only 10,000 of them are SOC analysts. Well, I know that's not true because we're always short SOC analysts. But don't worry about that. But we're 300,000 people short in vulnerability analysis. Oh, or ISO. That's what I need to, you know, if I'm trying to get in, be an ISO. I'm going to always tell you be an ISO. When you come in your first job, first job in security, if you can get it, be an ISO because you're going to get all of the crap work that nobody else wants, but you're going to get so much experience from it. So same requirements. Our same role, different requirements. And, and that's what we've done. We do that. We, the hiring manager, and I have done that too. And it's 
it's it's being overworked, it's being lazy, it's not taking the time to do the job rec quick the, the right way. You're trying to do it quickly. So we look at it, we go, I just need to get somebody hired. Let me find the last rec I had, bring it up in Word, change out a few things, give it to the HR people and have them go look. And then I'm more and then I'm frustrated with HR because you're sending me candidates that don't meet what I want. You have to look at what you need. What do I want this person to do? And maybe that's the rec maybe starts from a blank piece of paper. And you start over and say, here's what I need. And if you've got these requirements done already, if we know what the role needs, it's easy to do, right? Now, don't even start me on clearances. If you're out here in D.C. or you're in Colorado or you're um, some places in, in, I guess, in New York, there's places, there's centers, Arizona, where there's a lot of government or a lot of military and they would like you to have a security clearance. And if you have a security clearance, a lot of the stuff I just say doesn't matter. If you've got that top secret SEI clearance already, maybe you got it in the military. A lot of stuff, they're just going to hire you. They're going to be like, you don't, if you have any type of skills, a lot of times they'll just hire you because they need somebody in that role and they'll train you the rest of it. Because to get you a top secret clearance with SCI, is going to take years. It's a long processing time. And it's catch-22. It's not one of those things you can go out as a college student and say, I know I want to work at the NSA when I'm done with this. So I'm going to go pay for my own clearance. You know, I'm already paying $100,000 for school anyways. I can't pay for my own clearance because I need to be in a job that requires a clearance to be able to be put in for a clearance. So... How do you do that? Okay, one, for me, I went to see my Uncle Sam, and I put a uniform on, and they got me a clearance. I'm telling you, that's that's a rough way to do it, but that's the way a lot of people do it. The other way, a lot of people will go into the government, which is, again, it's a long process just to get a government job. You might wait six months or a year just to get a government job without a clearance, and then hopefully when you're in the government, you can move from one job to another job that requires a clearance, and the government doesn't care. I was, a, I was a government employee, so I know where I'm coming from. If you are bringing somebody in and they don't have a clearance, and it's going to take a year for them to get a clearance, as a government worker, generally, you don't care. Um, so it takes a year. It takes a year. If you're a contractor, you're a consultant working for the government, and it takes a year, and you can't bill that person for a year, that's a big deal. So you can go generally, generally to get a clearance. You can go in the military and get a clearance. Or you can go into government civil service and get a clearance and then work it from there. Um, the other way, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, better be lucky than good, you can get a job as a consu consultant or a contractor where you need maybe a national national trust, I think. What's the, the bottom level, like the net, uh, background check? It's like national truck. Um national trust and then you go up and you get a secret right then you go from that to secret and then from secret to top secret but you'll be in the same company working on another project and maybe you can move around like that but it's gonna be hard getting a clearance takes forever and that's because what they do if they do a ts a top secret clearance with sci they're going to go around and they're going to talk to people they're going to make sure that you know if you said you know you knew a guy they're going to go talk to a guy back in your hometown and they're going to ask that guy, 
about some other people you know, and they're going to go talk to those other people, and they're going to talk to those other people about other people you know, and they're going to try to get three people away, two or three people away from the person you put down on your paperwork, and they're going to ask them about you and how you were, did you drink a lot, all those things, and they're going to they're going to compile a report and they're going to adjudicate it, and it takes a long, long time. So either military, go in the military, or go in the civil service. Both of those are going to be a long process to get you the clearance. Um, or just get lucky, I guess. Yeah, Richard, Richard is, I'm going to put that on the screen, Richard. I was trying to keep stuff off the screen um, while we go through the PowerPoint slide, but yeah. Talk, uh, Cyber Recon Facebook page. Go to the Facebook page. If you, if you want, it's on the banner up there of the Cyber Recon YouTube ch channel. You can click there and go to the Cyber Recon Facebook page. I'd love to carry this conversation on in Facebook today. I would love to. It's on Facebook, Cyber-Recon, right? I don't know. Is, it, is that, which my, what is even Facebook? Hold on a second. That's YouTube is Cyber-Recon dash cyber recon Training. Facebook Cyber Recon Training. Sorry, they don't let me use a dash in Facebook. Give my wrong address out on Facebook. So it's Facebook... And the, the page is Cyber Recon Training, all one word. Or just click up in the banner of the Cyber Recon header in YouTube. It'll take you right to the to the Facebook page. Um, make sure I'm right here. I, yeah, uh, at Cyber Recon Training. One doggone word. So, yeah, don't start me on clearances. Clearances, it, and I understand why they do it. I understand why it takes so long. But there should be a process that if you sign up and say, hey, I really want to work in the intelligence community, or I really want to work on national security systems for the DOD, how can I get started now to get my clearance process started, right? It's crazy. So here's what it looks like. A lot of you guys have seen this little cartoon from Family Circus, right? This is little Billy. He's trying to drop the mail off, and he wanders all over the dang house and goes outside, and dang, he, he, just, he just missed the mail dude, right? But this is really what it looks like. His mom's saying, hey, Billy, quick, go get you a cyber job. So Billy runs off. He gets his college, right? And then he runs off, and he finds somebody that's going to give him an internship. And they tell him at the internship, you need some certifications. So when he goes back to college, he gets some certifications, and he learns more, and he gets some self-study. And then he finally gets to that job interview on the right side here. And he looks back, and he says, I didn't have the training on the tool they wanted. So he got all the, he followed this path, and he got to where he was going, but the specific tool he was looking for, they, did, they didn't have. They didn't look, he didn't have. So he did all this stuff across the way. Did the, you know, get, it, he did his college, he did his internship, got a certification, did self-study, he got over there, and he was, he, he was, he went the wrong way. He didn't get, had he just learned somewhere along the way, that tool, somebody told him, you need to know Splunk. Oh, well, let me. Let me install Splunk at home. Let me run Splunk on an old computer I've got, because it runs on old computers. It may be a little slow, but I can learn everything I need. I can run my own version of Splunk. I can run Snort. I can go get Nessus. Nessus has a, a community edition. I can run Nessus. I can learn all of these things. If we tell people that's what they need to know, they, there's a lot of places they can get a free tool and at least learn the basics of it. 
But we got to tell them. We got to tell them. I'm saying grow your own. Um, I couldn't find a good meme for this one. So a lot of them are about grown marijuana and stuff. But you know, look at military union models, right? You don't, you don't, well, I guess we do now. Uh, in my day when you're growing up, if you wanted to be a welder, you didn't go get a degree in welding and become a welder. You went and went to the union and you got a job as an apprentice welder and you did the crap work. You did the work that nobody wanted to do. You had to do it. And then you became a journeyman and there's all these steps you had to take. And then you became a master welder and you really became a master welder because you started at the ground floor doing the crap nobody else wanted to do. And you learned every step along the way. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that in cybersecurity? Um, we probably don't even do it in technology at all. But why don't we take somebody, I'd say even take them out of high school, take them in high school and build them from high school. You know, Start at the ground floor and build your own step, staff. What's required to each step? Let's tell them, hey, if you're coming out of high school and you're going right to this job, because again, I say there's plenty of jobs. This is my version. This is what I believe. I believe there's a ton of jobs in cyber that don't need a degree. So let's take somebody in high school. And let's, let's, let's hire them part-time while they're in high school and tell them, here's what you need to do. And while they're in those lower levels, you don't have to pay them as much because you're training them right? What's required at each step? When you're in this step, what do you need to know? And what's the next step? And what do I need to know to get to the next step? So that's, again, we have to have that path to get there. Here's the con on this. Here's the converse, right? We need them now. We, we don't ever plan ahead. Um, like I said, the, 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 the story is we need 4 million next year. And next year, guys, next year is like three weeks away. So 2021, we need 4 million people. Well, I can't I can't grow my own. Well, we've got to think about it. We've got to think about it now. Okay, in two or three years, I'm still going to need people. So let's start building that staff out, right? We need now. I can't help you. I can't help you with now. I can't help you. But I can help you with, I am planning something. I'm planning, and we've got to do this, long-term planning. What's going on in 2023? What's going on in 2024? How can I take somebody that doesn't know that now or knows basic technology and get them there in two years? And maybe maybe they don't even work for me. Maybe there's somebody that is trying to get in the field. I give them, here. here's the training plan we use at company A, uh, XYZ company, right? Here's what we, if, if we have a SOC analyst, here's the tools, here's the skills we want them to know. And there's a little danger in that. I know it's telling people, um, you know, your internal workings a little bit, but why not have it? If this is in the industry. Here's the things we want you to know for the industry. Now, it'll cost money. If you're bringing them in and you're hiring them and you're going to train them up, you're going to grow your own people, it's going to cost money. There's no two ways around that. If you hire somebody and you train somebody, it's going to cost money and they're not going to be as productive as the guy you grab off the street that has all that skill, right? It's just, they're not, but they're not going to cost you as much is that guy right off the street. And maybe they're going to be appreciative um, and they might leave, right? That's the other, the Conway I was here. If I train these people up, they might leave. That's that's true. So don't make them want to leave. If you have that environment, you have an environment that you're building that makes people want to get trained up and leave, there's something you need to be thinking about where you work, right? Something is going on there. People are only looking to get trained and get the heck out of there.
something's wrong there, right? Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike is saying a good point. Um, there's a lot of jobs now that require certification and the degree requirements are starting to fall off. And whether you like the current president or not, President Trump, whether you like him or not, I'm going to take, um, again, my main goal in the morning we talk about any of these things is not to be political. The fact of the matter is, as part of his policy, he removed a lot of the college requirements for government jobs. And when you remove the requirement for government jobs, it starts to trickle down and it removes the college requirement for consultant and contractor jobs. That's just the way it goes. The govy that's sitting there and they're hiring contractors, if they say, for my job, I had to have a degree, so my contractor's going to have to have a degree. But if they look at the jobs now and say, for, for my 2210s, that's the job field I had when I was a govy, that's infotech, uh, info, information technology. For 2210s, we no longer have to have, to have a degree. So why should I make my consultants have a degree? It's a transient property and that just works. That's That's been going on for a long time. So when the government guys were hiring people, they said, if my guys require a degree, I'm going to make my consultant and contractor have a degree too. So hopefully that's going away. I, I Again, Mike, it's good. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. The certifications are important. What is the right certification for you? I, I think you can't go wrong with Security Plus. And then after that, you got to know what you want to do. You know, if you want to work in Splunk, if you want to work in a SOC, get Splunk certified. Don't worry about anything else. Worry about the certifications you need specifically for that job. If you're going to be a pen tester someday, that training plan should have those degree, those certifications laid out, right? It should say, if you're starting here and you want to be a pen tester, your second step shouldn't get be to go get OSCP from offensive security. That shouldn't be day two. That should be maybe year two after you've been doing it a while. After they've they've made you program, write scripts. After they've made you write uh, assessment reports or assessment plans. After they've made you do stuff as an assessor a year, two years in, then you go to OSCP. Don't go to OSCP before you're ready. Because it's going to beat you up, right? Uh, Mike's saying, let me, uh, let me, I think this is the last slide. Yeah, it's the last slide. Let's get back over to this screen here. Talk about some of the comments that are going on in. Uh, let's go all the way back up to Eric's. Yeah, keep this going on the Facebook page. If you guys want to keep talking about this, it's Facebook and the it's at Cyber Recon Training. All one word. Uh, Bunch of good mornings. Uh, here's what Mike is saying. Yeah, lots. You know, no, no certification, no college degree. That's the that's the way we need to go. That's my opinion. That's the way we need to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have you have yeah, first thing I'll ask you? And you need to know one thing. If you're going to be working around the government, all go out and look at eighty five seventy. Look at the certifications that are required there. Again, the military does this. Military does this stuff very well. They're very detailed. Like I said, you have to have a degree, you have to have a license for a dang generator. So for positions of security, positions in security, quite a while ago they said, if you're doing these roles, they start out with very few. They start out with like six or nine. 
here's the certification levels you need to get for these different jobs. IA Technical 1, IA Management 3. Now it's expanded. This It's a pretty good chart. You can go out there. Just look up 8570. Look at the chart. It's going to tell you what certifications you need for different jobs. And that's within the DOD. But the way most places work, that once the DOD does something, instead of creating their own, they'll just copy the DOD stuff. I've seen a lot of government organizations, at least. They'll take their positions. They'll say, okay, what's the DOD say that the SOC analyst needs? Okay, we'll just use that. Uh, guys, I'm telling you, we, we have done this to ourselves. We tell an entry-level person they have to have a CISSP and a master's degree and five years experience, and we're going to pay them 55000 a year. And we wonder why we can't get people. Now, there is... Don't get me wrong, there, there's a, a ton of jobs that pay six figures. And there's a ton, I got everybody shaking, sorry, over the table. There's a ton out there that, that you can start work and you can be making six figures. Uh, but sometimes you got to be lucky. You got to have the skills they're looking for at the time they're looking for them. Yeah, that, I want to be political, but I hope you're right about the job market for us in 2021. New administration, I have my, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be political. Definitely want to be political. I, I hope, I hope they're right. I hope the pandemic has taught us one thing, is that you don't have to go in the office. Um, let people work remote. Then you can get that job. You know, if you're out here, if you're in Nebraska, you get the job working for Department of Interior in D.C. because you don't have to be in D.C. to do it. Expand the job market. We know these these different jobs are going to be opened in different places. Don't make people move from Nebraska to California to do a job. Let them do the job in Nebraska. Take the guy in Kansas and let him do the job in New York City. If they don't have to be there, if they're behind a computer terminal, why do they have to be in New York City? It doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I'm hoping you know, the pandemic has done a lot of terrible things. But it's made a lot of people realize that these jobs can be done from home. So why make people pay that big rent to live in the big cities? Why make the companies pay big money for big offices in downtown metro locations? Move out. Hire your people from all over the country. You might even get, you may be able to give people less money. But in where they're living, that's a decent wage to live. I'm never take, I, I'll never tell you to take advantage of people. But if you're in New York City, you're going to have to pay somebody a hell of a lot more money than if you're paying somebody in Manhattan, Kansas. Or Fargo, North Dakota. Well, maybe not Fargo. They have oil up there now. But you spread the labor around. If you don't have to go in the office, don't have to go in the office. I've worked remote for years now on different jobs. It's a different way of thinking but uh, we can do it. Make telework great again. Uh, why not? The technology's there. Broadband access is everywhere. Um, you know, they're building these low-orbit network satellite environments that you could be on a mountaintop somewhere and still get internet at a decent speed. I don't know why. We need to, we need to have a plan. I am gonna, I'm going to challenge. I'll challenge any of you guys to help me. Get on Facebook. Join, take this conversation to Facebook 
and we'll continue talking about it today. I, you know, we might be able to build a couple career paths out that will help people. You know, ISO, the, the NSA used to have the 44 series that said, if you want to be an entry-level ISO, here's the skills you have to have. I've wanted to revive that for a long time, but I don't have enough time to do it by myself. I'd love some help. Um, and it, the system administrator, they had the one for system administrator. They had it for is, uh, information, uh, InfoSec. They, they had them for everything. 44 series. But I, cha I challenge you, if you're watching this, throw some comments below. Go on Facebook. And it is, it's Facebook and the group is at Cyber Recon Training without the dash. Facebook won't let you use the dash. So Cyber Recon Training. Join me on Facebook. Let's keep talking about this. But for now, we got to close this up. We went a lot longer than I thought we'd be because I got on my soapbox and I didn't want to get off because we did this to ourselves and we need to fix it ourselves. We need to fix it. Let's fix this thing. Let's, let's see what we can do. So that being said, um, I don't even know what day it is today. I mean, as far as the holiday, I didn't do a holiday. This thing got me spun up today. When I read the article last night, I thought about it all night. This guy, Sander Binberg, I put the, the article in the show notes, if you want to read it, from Dark Reading. He's right on the money, man. He's right on the money. We need to fix this. We're the ones that fix it, so help me fix it if you want. And uh, have a great weekend. Take care of your friends, your family, coworkers. Take care of each other. Um, when is our next trivia night? It's the 16th, guys. 16... December, that's in two weeks, actually. I did look real quick. But anyways, it's, it is Friday. Mike, I was thinking about, usually I have a, a weird holiday of the day. I forgot to get the weird holiday of the day. Let's see. Before I go, let's see. Let's ask Google what the weird holiday is. That way I won't. I, I've never missed saying what the weird holidays are. It's December 4th, guys. It's Wear Brown Shoes Day, by the way. There you go. Uh, Santa's List Day as well. We hope you stay on the nice list. Santa's List Day, Wear Brown Shoes Day. Carry us on to the Facebook page. Go over to Cyber Recon Training. We'll keep talking. Um, you guys, thanks for being here. It's Friday. Go out and enjoy things this weekend. Get a little bit of time away. Clear your head. Um, but today, if you can, jump over on Facebook. We'll keep chatting, and I'll see you there. Enjoy the week. Be good.